Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday. April 12, 2023. It's about 11.05 in the morning here on the East Coast. Uh, Scott Ritter joins us today. Scott, as always, uh, from um, my wonderful viewers and from me, it's a pleasure. Thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, let's uh, begin. Um, we have a couple things to talk about today. The arrest of the Wall Street Journal reporter or a person claiming to be a Wall Street Journal reporter, Evan Gershkovich by Russian security uh, personnel with military uh, plans in his hands. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk uh, to you about the hot events of this week, which is the leak of the uh, Pentagon briefing documents last Tuesday and then a- another batch leaked uh, on Friday. What What is your view about how something like that can get out into the public domain and do you believe that these are authentic government documents? Well, I'll start by saying I believe these are authentic government documents. Um, I'm familiar with the classification markings on the documents, and um, I've, I've examined the documents, and there's no reason to believe that the uh, contents of these documents um, are, by and large, uh, the original contents. There's some speculation as to some of the data may have been altered at some point in time uh, relating to casualty figures, but... Uh, but these are what the, what they appear to be, in my opinion, um, very highly classified, highly sensitive uh, brief, briefing documents prepared by the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staffs uh, staff for um, use by Mark Miley, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. How how could they make their way uh, onto public websites? How could a human being have have accomplished this? Well, it looks like that they were folded up and smuggled out of the of the um, of the briefing room. I mean, these are these are documents that would have been extremely closely held. Uh, a limited number of these documents would have been produced, and these documents should have all been accounted for. So, somebody obviously, um, you know, instead of destroying the his copy or her copy, um, folded them up and carried them out, and then uh, took photographs of the documents, and uh, they found their so they found their way onto the uh, onto the internet. Do you uh, put before we get into what they reveal, do you put credibility uh, into the revelations contained in these documents? I think uh, the, the I always say, put it this way, first of all, uh, having been in the intelligence business, um, just because the document has top secret code word on it doesn't mean that the contents are uh, worth anything. I mean, it's still analysis. It's still intelligence information. It's an imperfect art. And so just because the documents are uh, classified doesn't mean that the information contained therein is uh, accurate or sound. Now, I, I, I do believe that the information that's in these documents is information that was assembled uh, to brief the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So uh, among other revelations in the document is something uh, you talked about. I don't know. I don't remember if you use these numbers. The numbers are startling. And that is the kill ratio 
seven to one. As I understand that, it would mean that the Russians kill seven Ukrainian soldiers or, or military forces uh, for every one Russian that the Ukrainians kill. If that number is true, do the math. How much longer can this last? Uh, a seven to one kill ratio is an unsustainable kill ratio, especially when the seven is to the nation with a smaller uh, population uh, and smaller uh, you know, defense base. Uh, Russia is a bigger country, has more defense uh, production capacity. Um, and so a seven to one kill ratio uh, where the Russians are killing seven Ukrainians to one Russian is uh, uh, just an unsustainable ratio. This, this war can't last much longer. I mean, this is a slaughter, or as one of my uh, one of our uh, writers, one of our commenters, the people that email us during the show, uh, said a turkey shoot. I mean, this this is just an overwhelming imbalance, is it not? It is. I mean, during World War II and some of the large scale fighting that took place on Europe, uh, you know, the 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 victor, uh, you, you generally see a one to one point two, one to one point three kill ratio. Uh, so the victors winning on the margins, meaning that they're they're grinding them down, and then in the end, uh, you know, they 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 happen to kill a fraction more than they're being killed, and so they achieve an advantage. Uh, a seven to one advantage is just mind boggling. Uh, okay. And remember that that's done with the Russians primarily on the defensive. So, right. All right. So hold hold that seven to one for a minute. Uh, we'll come back to it. Um, I want to look at, or I want you to uh, comment on language in these documents which said that the Ukraine war or the Ukraine air defenses are so degraded that they will be down to nothing or worth zero by the end of May. Is that credible? Extraordinarily credible. I mean, there's only a finite, uh, you know, set of, uh, you know, equipment available to, to anybody. I mean, no one, again, I, I go back, we've talked about this before, uh, uh, General Cavoli, the, uh, the, the, commander of U.S. forces said that the, the scope and scale of the violence is beyond imagination, anything a NATO could have imagined. No one prepares for this kind of war except Russia. Uh, they're the only ones who have stockpiled this equipment, uh, etc. Ukraine wasn't preparing for this kind of war. And Ukraine, the only reason why it's not zero now is that uh, NATO has scoured the world looking for Soviet era replacements for the Ukrainians, but there's nothing left in the world. There's nobody else who has this kind of uh, surface air missile a capability. So when Ukraine runs out, there's nothing to replace it. And as the document said, they're going to run out sometime in May. Okay. So now let's go back to the kill ratio. We have a seven to one kill ratio and we have a, in, in six weeks, a totally degraded uh, air force defense. Now with that in mind, tell me if the following testimony, Gary, Senator Wicker and, um, Secretary Austin, tell me if the following testimony by the witness, Secretary Austin, under oath, is truthful. With regard to your optimism about Ukraine having the upper hand, that is what you told me yesterday. It, it is. Now, uh, Ukrainians have inflicted significant casualties on the Russians, and they have depleted their, uh, their inventory of uh, armored vehicles in a way that no one would have ever imagined. And so now we see Russia reaching for T-54s and T-55 tanks because of the level of damage that the Ukrainians have inflicted on them. And we have, in the meantime, been... And reaching, reaching for those tanks uh, demonstrates what to you, sir? It demonstrates that uh, their capability is waning. And we've uh, 
continued uh, to witness uh, them be challenged with artillery munitions and other things, and they're reaching out to Iran, they're reaching out to, uh, to North Korea. I think, you know, we'll see an increase in the fighting in the spring as uh, conditions for maneuver improve. Do you believe there's a real chance for significant Ukrainian advancements between now and the beginning of winter? I believe that there's a chance, and we're doing everything that we can do to uh, ensure that they have their best opportunity to be successful, Senator. <laughs> Almost, and maybe it is perjurious, meaning perjury, meaning criminal, uh, because uh, the man was under oath at the time he said this, and we now know what he knew. So I, I jumped the gun. I want your analysis, not mine. The audience has, has heard my analysis already. Well, I just love the statement. Uh, we're doing everything we can to ensure a positive outcome. I mean, that's like sending me to a weight room and uh, encouraging me to lift weights so that I can try out for the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Minnesota Vikings or somebody. I mean, I'm never going to play NFL football at my age, no matter how many weights I'm going to lift. And Ukraine is never going to beat Russia on the field of battle, no matter how much wishful thinking Lloyd Austin injects into this. Um, no, Lloyd Austin knows the truth. The problem is he's playing politics. Uh, is, you know, is he lying, straight up lying? I mean, he has a set of data that's been put before him um, and that data doesn't conform with the, um, with the policy objectives that he's been told to implement by the by the White House. And so when he sits before Congress, this isn't the first time Lloyd Austin has lied before Congress. Remember, he's testified in the past about Afghanistan. I mean, uh, generals and former generals lie by a, a, as a matter of course when they testify to Congress. We saw that with Afghanistan for 10 years. They don't know how to tell the truth because the truth oftentimes diverges from the political objectives put forward by their political masters. Here, the Biden administration has said straight up, we can't have a Russian victory, that we have to, you know, Seymour Hersh just put out an important piece today, and uh, it's telling him what he said. He said that the United States is preparing a major diplomatic effort to um, bring it into this conflict, meaning that they're getting ready to put a package on the table for Russia to consider. But the precondition is that Russia first has to lose. So the only way that we can have diplomacy with the Russians is if Russia loses. Well, newsflash, Russia isn't going to lose. Russia is going to win. It's going to be a decisive victory. So, Scott, uh, what off-ramp can – now we may have to veer into uh, national politics. You're welcome to do so. What, what off-ramp has Joe Biden or have Joe Biden and Tony Blinken and, and um, Lloyd Austin constructed for themselves? What credible off-ramp is there? for the United States to get out of this? The off-ramp will be similar to the one we gave ourselves in Afghanistan, which is disaster, debacle. Uh, rather than an organized withdrawal from Afghanistan, we ended up with 6,000 American service members surrounded in Kabul International Airport, frantically flying forces out with bodies falling off of airplanes. And John Kirby says that's a good thing. There's nothing good about it. It was a debacle. And we're going to have a debacle regarding Ukraine. It's literally going to be uh, you remember, we, we've had this conversation in the past. You asked me how many people, how many American boots on the ground were there? Well, the interesting thing about this document is it tells you exactly what the number is. 100. Uh, State Department people, Department of Defense people, boots on the ground. Uh, there's going to be a scramble to get them out, to get any Americans who are serving out. I mean, the bottom line is the, the Ukrainians are going to collapse. They may try some sort of counteroffensive. It will not succeed. It will be destroyed. And when there's nothing left to prop them up, the Russians will begin a major push. Uh, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This war is over by the end of summer, early, early fall. 
The uh, documents also say that there are about 50 uh, British special forces on the ground. The United States has not denied its special forces. It claims they're confined to the embassy in Kiev. If you think special forces are going to live in the the basement of the embassy, I think that's fanciful. Uh, But the British Minister of Defense has denied that the uh, Brits are there, which means uh, they probably are. Do you uh, have any idea who the person is, not by name, but by job description, who would have released um, these documents? And do you have any feeling about whether more is coming? These came out in two tranches, last Tuesday and then on Good Friday. Well, I mean, the evidence suggested it was somebody who was physically present uh, when the briefing documents were uh, either prepared or, or briefed. Um, it's somebody who... Um, extricated them from the Pentagon, uh, from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, by folding them up and uh, sticking them in their in their uniform, uh, smuggling them out. So it's somebody who, I mean, frankly speaks, probably going to get caught. I don't see how they avoid getting caught here. Um, and and I, I know this is a little bit of ad-libbing, but they should be caught. And the reason why I say that is, yes, I'm, I'm as, I believe in uh, sunlight as much as anybody, but there were important intelligence sources and methods that were uh, compromised by this, that those documents had classification markings that indicated that some of that information came from national technical means satellites. And if the Russians are as good as I think they are, and they're as good as least I am, I can look at that document and tell you exactly where it came from, which means I can shut it down. And that means the Russians are. So this harmed national security. I know it was meant to help engender a debate, but it harmed national security. Is it likely this person is... Um uh, of the same ideological view of war as you and McGregor and and I and everybody watching us now, which is that this is a useless, uh, wasteful, counterproductive thing for Americans to do. In other words, is uh, this isn't a person that hates the government. This is a this is a um, an Edward Snowden who wants to reveal that the government is doing something wrong. Well, I think this is somebody who watched Lloyd Austin and others give their public pronouncements um, and realized that the basis of those pronouncements was a lie. And therefore, they uh, they sought to publish the documents that would show that the public pronouncements of the Biden administration are, are formulated on a lie. And I understand where their heart's coming from, and I, I am sympathetic to them. I Again, I just have a problem when you release information that um, – puts intelligence sources and methods at risk because at the end of the day, our national security, it's not about defending bad policy. It's about making sure that our intelligence community can collect the information they need to advise the president on critical issues around the world. So Admiral Kirby uh, publicly advised people not to read them, which of course is absurd. And then he said this, Gary. We don't know uh, who's responsible for this. And we don't know if, uh, they have more that the, they, they intend uh, to post. So we're watching this and monitoring it as best we can. But the truth and the honest answer to your question is we don't know. So interesting observation. I think he fears more, but that's just oh, me reading his face. You can yeah. read his face as well as I can, probably better. Uh, the investigative authorities here, you tell us if there's significance to this, Scott, are not DOD. It's DOJ. The FBI is investigating this. Yeah. Question, does the DOD, which has its own investigative uh, tools and assets, uh, some of them are you know, as well-trained as FBI agents, does the DOD not trust its own people 
to investigate this. I mean, why bring the FBI uh, into something uh, like this if it's, you know, this isn't chasing a bank robber. This isn't ingratiating a terrorist and getting him to say negative stuff uh, on tape like the FBI does. This is a finite group of human beings who had access to this, one or more of whom uh, sprung a leak, FBI or DOD? Well, I think if this was just about the documents that were released by, um, you know, the documents, the original tranche of documents, that this might have been left in the Department of Defense uh, category. By broadening it to the uh, FBI, it uh, tells me that the second tranche of documents and further tranche of documents came from different sources, um, meaning that this this could be a broader conspiracy to release information. And I Look, John Kirby, I'm not a fan of John Kirby, but I almost felt sorry for him because that's a man who's sitting looking disaster in the eye because they look that they have done their own uh, risk assessment of what's been released. And they know that there's much, much more out there. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is the equivalent of the Pentagon Papers. When this information gets released, the lies that the Biden administration have told the American people about the war in Ukraine are going to be exposed. The American people are begin to ask the same questions you've been asking here. Why are we doing this? Why have we subjected Ukrainian people to this to this disaster? Um, you know, why is the United States pursuing this path? And there will be no ready answer. And and I, I think that the Biden administration realizes that there's going to be some heavy accounting going forward. That's why Kirby doesn't want you to read the documents. Not because he's concerned like I am about national security. He's concerned that this is a political disaster for the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. I'm happy you likened it to the Pentagon Papers, my uh, Thursday column, which comes out late on Wednesday nights. Tonight is entitled The Pentagon Papers Again, in in which I make uh, the argument and tell uh, a little bit of the history. Uh, I argue a little differently than you do. I argue that these people are are heroes and courageous, particularly in light uh, of General, excuse me, Secretary Austin's lying uh, well, just, we, just just one correction. I'm not saying they're not heroes or patriots. I am saying they're breaking the law. I mean, that's that's the difference. Uh, you know, and sometimes you have to break the law in good cause, but you have to also understand the ramifications of what you're doing. And I, you know, in, in many cases, I, I believe that, you know, there, you, you, for instance, if I if I were going to break the law the way this guy did, I would have scrubbed that document and removed um, stuff that that gave away sources and methods of intelligence information. Right. So when Daniel, when Daniel Ellsberg gave 7,000 pages of documents to the New York Times and the Washington Post, which proved that LBJ and his generals had been lying, this happened in the Nixon administration, yeah. uh, and the uh, Supreme Court came down in record time with the Pentagon Papers case, which said that you know legitimate media can publish matters of uh, uh, material interest to the public no matter how they get it. Ellsberg was prosecuted for espionage. The prosecution was aborted when, during the trial, FBI agents broke, this is infamous part of American history, uh, the FBI agents broke into his psychiatrist's office, Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office, to get his medical records to give to the federal prosecutors to use to cross-examine him at his trial. Uh, when defense counsel told this to the federal judge, he dismissed the indictment. The case was over. He sent the jury home, and the government was not in a position uh, to appeal. But to your point, he was prosecuted. The government, the Nixon administration, would love to have prosecuted the New York Times and the Washington Post, love to. But the Supreme Court said, forget about it. 
And remember, um, Daniel Ellsberg famously said that someone said, aren't you afraid that you're going to go to jail? And he said, wouldn't you go to jail to stop an unjust war? Correct. So there's a man who made a decision. He's a patriot. He's a hero. Yeah. I'm not yes. condemning the people to do that. I'm just saying that there, there's there's a downside for some of this stuff. I, too. Got it. I agreed yeah. with you uh, entirely. Uh, the only reason uh, Snowden is not in jail is because he's in Russia. The government would go after him aggressively. In a couple of yeah. minutes, we're going to compare the Russian pursuit of Evan Gershkowitz uh, with the American pursuit of Julian Assange. Before we do, I want your comments on uh, a rather bizarre statement made by President Zelensky. Now, he says it in his uh, native tongue. There is a translation. The translation <laughs> sounds like it's from a computer, not a human. So it's relatively brief. We're going to play it uh, twice. But tell me what you think the chances are of the Ukrainian flag flying over Crimea. I'm not making this up. Take a listen. The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea, when there is freedom there, just like everywhere else in Ukraine. The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea, when there is freedom there, just like everywhere else in Ukraine. Now, is this for domestic consumption or is he out of his mind? Both. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's both. I mean, you know, what Zelensky doesn't understand is, um, you know, 96% of the population in Crimea is pro-Russian. So when he speaks of, you know, freedom coming to Crimea with the Ukrainian flag, how can you speak of freedom when 96% of the people don't want you there, Zelensky? They're Russian and they're forever going to be part of Russia. Two, the, the hubris and the arrogance that says that the world re revolves only around Ukraine, that every aspect of global interaction is defined by Ukraine and Ukraine alone. This man is insane. He is a, he's a threat not only to the Ukrainian people and himself, but to the entire world. And I think people should understand that, that this is a person that we long ago should have stopped supporting because he's not only going to help bring about the end of Ukraine, but he's doing his best to bring about the end of the world. Will Putin uh, stop when he's achieved his goals, something short of Kiev? I, I believe so. I believe the the, the, the the Russian president was quite clear on February 21st when he talked about what the Russian objectives were, and that is to bring social and economic well-being to the uh, to the people of Russia that includes Crimea and the four territories have been an annexed and bring their security about by defeating the Ukrainian army and liberating or uh, denazifying the Ukrainian government. Now, if Ukraine chooses to continue this conflict, then there probably will be additional repercussions and they may lose more territory. But right now, if, if, uh, if the Russian conditions were met, Russia would stop this war right now. They aren't in the territorial acquisition business. Okay, switching, um, switching gears, uh, Evan Gershkovich, the uh, young man from New Jersey, Wall Street Journal uh, reporter uh, arrested by Russian uh, security agents uh, last week. Let me start with a general question. Does the CIA uh, ever engage American journalists to work for it, or do CIA agents ever masquerade as American journalists? The answer to that question is yes, and the CIA has acknowledged it. Back in 1996, when um, the the CIA and, and Congress were having a hash over, uh, you know, about 
what the status of some restrictions that had been imposed on the CIA after the church committee uh, hearing meetings in the 1970s, the CIA had to acknowledge that uh, on rare occasions, they said, uh, they do um, have CIA officers who operate under journalistic cover, meaning that they pose as journalists, which means the CIA reaches out to journalistic institutions like, let's say, U.S. News and World Report, as they did with uh, Mr. Danilov, uh, Nicholas Danilov, who was a CIA asset. Whether he was an actual trained CIA officer or whether he was a journalist working on behalf of the CIA, he was definitely in the uh, co cooperating. And I think that Evan Gershkowitz is of the same caliber. He may not be a school-trained CIA officer, but he is definitely a CIA or a, a journalist who is working hand in glove uh, with the CIA. You wouldn't be in Ekaterinburg um, seeking to get classified information about Russian uh, production of caliber missiles uh, if you were a journalist. That's what spies do. Russia's at war. Uh, an American uh, is attempting to get classified uh, military uh, information about Russian production during the war. Uh, Russia has a security service like we do here called the FBI, whose job it is to protect the uh, national security of the state of the government. Uh, the American uh, journalist is hundreds and hundreds of miles from where he lives uh, and where uh, he works. He's now uh, arrested and will be prosecuted. Is there a material moral difference between the Russian prosecution of Evan Gershkovich and the American prosecution, torture, if you will, um, of Julian Assange? Julian Assange was a publisher. Um, so he published information that he received. Um, I think the the the, the you know, better question would be, is there a material difference between Evan and um, uh, Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning, the uh, the individual who released the information to Julian Assange? You know, Julian Assange didn't collect the information. He wasn't an intelligence collection asset. He was a publisher who received information. He was 100 percent, 100% protected by Pentagon Papers. But yeah, by the by the by the Constitution of the United States of America, he is protected by the decision of the Supreme but Court. That has not stopped yeah. uh, the Trump administration or the Biden administration from indicting him and pursuing him, and it has not stopped the Brits from torment tormenting him, the form of right. torture, uh, in solitary uh, confinement in a hellhole in, in the worst prison uh, owned by Great Britain. You're you're one hundred percent correct. The 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 ongoing uh, torture, and it, that's what it is, torture and murder of uh, Julian Assange is uh, something that every American, indeed every freedom-loving person around the world should be opposed to and should be. Uh, now, I'm not encouraging. I, would I like Evan to be returned home to his family? 100%. Look, we do it all the time. Spy swaps happen all the time. Um, is the United States ever going to admit straight up that Evan uh, was working on behalf of the CIA? No, they can't. The no. CIA won't allow. But we, uh, there, here's some clues as to why it's already happened that we've acknowledged it. There's a, there's a Marine in, uh, in, in prison in Russia, uh, Mr. Whalen, uh, who was arrested and charged for espionage. And look at the way the United States government has treated him. We've been hands off totally. There's no talk of, um, you know, that he was unjustly arrested, etc. When Nicholas Danilov was arrested in 1986, we immediately jumped out and said he is protected. He was unjustly arrested, etc. Um, why? Because we knew he worked for the CIA. We had to get it done. We've done the same thing with Evan. Why? Because we know what the Russians know. Here's the thing. When we when we moved to get Nicholas Danilov released, we knew 
what the F, what the KGB had on analog. They had phone conversations, intercepted conversations. We knew it. We know what they have on Evan. We know the CIA has directed Evan. We know that the Russians know that that direction's taken place. And if these things go to trial, it will be hugely embarrassing for the United States. So we're going to do whatever we can to get this boy home to his family. And I hope he does come home to his family. But we should also understand, and every journalist needs to understand this, as long as the CIA uses journalists as cover for their covert collection activity, all of you are at risk because you'll all be treated as spies. Scott Ritter, uh, terrific, terrific analysis. Thank you uh, very much for it. Uh, very much appreciated. We know your time is uh, valuable. The number of people watching and the number of people commenting uh, are overwhelming in their uh, belief in what you say and gratitude for you having said it. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thanks for having me. My dear friends, if you like all of this and want more, like and subscribe. And if you want to read one of my more powerful uh, pieces, uh, it's called The Pentagon Papers Again. You can get it at judgenap.com. It'll be in the Washington Times tomorrow and then in a variety uh, of uh, outlets uh, as well. More as we get it. Jack Devine this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. I wish Scott Ritter could be with me when I interrogate Jack Devine, 3 o'clock uh, Eastern. God only knows what he's going to say. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. Thanks.